keep going as we've been talking about identity. We're going to start off tonight in the book of Romans. If you want to go ahead and head that way, if you got a Bible nearby, we'll put the verses up on the screen if you, if you don't. Um, we're going to be in chapter 7. I've um, been using uh, these um, see-through Rubbermaid boxes that... Um, Louis Giglio used um, to do uh, to, to teach some things, and they've kind of become a, a staple um, as I've kind of stolen that concept and kind of morphed it into uh, some stuff. Um, and I'm just going to quickly walk through it. Um, we're going to come back to it, uh, obviously, a good bit. Um, here's what's happening with these boxes. Um, in a way that maybe kind of helps us understand some sometimes difficult to understand concepts. We have, uh, there's a, uh, this thing that represents you or me or us. You know, take it for what you want. And so this is going to be the standard uh, uh, representation for uh, either your life or our lives as believers. And so here's what happens when, when we're born. Um, there's a, this bloodline that we're all born with. Uh, and so there's sin that is inside of us when we're born. And that has been passed down ever since um, Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and were kicked out and they had kids and, and then it just passed down and passed down and passed down. And what happened in the Garden is, a, is uh, we can see what happened to us. Um, Adam, and, Adam and Eve were with God and there was this, this fellowship there and they were in the Garden, they were hanging out and everything was awesome. And then um, when sin entered into the world, when they chose themselves over God, um, they were separated. And you can see that in the story that, that God uh, made them leave His presence, made them leave the garden, and um, there are these consequences. And so you have God over here, and you have us over here that have been separated because of the sin that is inside of us, and because um, there's this world that's full of sin. And, and so um, as, as the carriers of sin and as an entire planet filled with carriers of sin, this is what uh, it, says, it describes in Colossians as the uh, domain of darkness. Um, basically, if you think about it, being separated from God um, is pretty much as dark as it gets. And so there's this great chasm that was there because of sin. And um, what we've been talking about is how, uh, because of Christ, this situation has been changed. Um, try as we may, there's nothing we could do about this. No one's good enough, strong enough, um, moral enough, um, genuine enough to change this. And within this, there are good things that happen. There are lots of good things that happen. But nothing can remedy this situation and get us back to Him. Um, and one of the, the awesome things about Christianity is that um, in a world full of religions that are all about people trying to get to God, and that's what they all boil down to, trying to get to God or trying to get to godliness, you know, some sort of utopia, some sort of whatever, um, they all fail, and Christianity is the only one that where God is the one that came to us. He didn't just sit over here 
in his box and watch us flounder and not be able to do anything. And so he came to the earth as Jesus Christ, lived a perfect life, um, and um, what, what had to happen was God, being holy and righteous, had to destroy sin. And so what Jesus did was Jesus came to the earth and said, I'll take all the punishment for sin. So God's wrath was poured onto him. He died. His blood was shed. He rose again. The sacrifice was paid. Just like the song said, it is finished. There's no more wrath to be poured out. There's no more destruction. And so um, this is how um, we were affected uh, by this. Um, he rescued us, as it says uh, in Colossians, rescues us from the domain of darkness and transfers us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. And so we were rescued from this, and then uh, this is what happens to us. And this has kind of been the, the main idea we've been talking about. He takes the sin out of us and puts Him, so there it says Christ on this little Tupperware thing. Um, Christ goes in, in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We sing a song that talks about Christ in me, Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that's where that comes from. And so Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where am I talking? Every week I lose the hat. Um, Christ is, is in us. And so this just represents a very deep and spiritual reality for us that God himself dwells within us. I know that sounds weird to a lot of people, um, but there's, there's a lot of weird things out there. Okay? Um, just because it sounds weird doesn't mean it's not true. And um, Jesus dwelling in us is, is only a part of it. I mean, he could have stopped there. But it also says that we are in Christ. All right? So then we put us in there. And so there's, there's you inside of there, and there's Christ in you, and then we are in Christ. And it says in Colossians 3 that we are hidden with Christ in God, and uh, that we are healed by the, healed, sealed by the Holy Spirit, it says in Corinthians. And so um, what we've kind of been driving at over and over and over again is that this situation has changed and this is our new reality. Last week we talked about um, how, um, you know, like legally there are no more charges against us, but also how God um, relationally adopted us as sons and daughters and, and brought us into his home. And when he looks at us, he doesn't see us as a criminal that got off scot-free or a criminal that he paid the price for. He looks at us as sons and daughters. And it goes a step beyond that. But then we went one step further and talked about how inherently there's this difference in us and, and how um, we're not, uh, like it says in the song we sang the first time, we're not who we used to be. There's, we're not just polished up on the outside. There's an, an inward change that happened. And um, the random, I'm, I come up with random stuff. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And apparently the gas can thing uh, kind of went over with some people last week. Talked about how during the hurricane I couldn't find a gas can, so I found a, a water can that was blue. It was meant to hold water when you go camping. And so I used that and I put gasoline in it. And so now it is a gas can. It's not a water can anymore. And it will never, ever be a water can again. Um, that, it's what is inside of the can that determines what it's used for, regardless of what the label says on the outside. And that's the change that happened to you and happened to me, is that the sin was taken out of us and Christ was put in us, and that now determines who we are. And a world that's just searching for purpose and meaning and, and they want their lives to count for something. I mean, there's no, no greater way that your life can count than to have the indwelling of Christ being what defines you and having everything you do be a, a, from an outflow of that. Okay? So that's in a, a really like sprint kind of way um, what we've, where we've been talking about. Now, tonight we're going to talk about how a lot of us don't fully... 
um, quote-unquote, buy into this concept. I think we look at that and we're like, yes, absolutely, I can see that in other people, you know. Or we say, I, I see that on paper, I see that in God's Word, and that is awesome, and that's great, and I hope that one day I really feel that way. Because we see this, this dissonance between what this says, okay, what Scripture says, what, re, what Scripture says is reality. We see a dissonance between this and the way our lives actually play out, right? Because you look at that and you're like, okay, if that's, if that's me, Christ in me, and I'm hidden with Christ in God, sealed by the Holy Spirit, then why do, why do I have the thoughts that I have sometimes? You know? Why do I still do the things that I do if that's really who I am? I mean, wouldn't this change the way I behave, the way that I speak, the way I interact with people? I mean, wouldn't this, like, wouldn't I be more driven to, like, share my faith with someone or pray with someone or serve someone on a weekend or, you know, just give of myself? Um, what, like, wouldn't I, like, wouldn't my, like, internet traffic, you know, look a whole lot different if that was really true? Wouldn't I not have self-esteem issues if that were really true? Wouldn't I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't love gossip so much, you know, if that was really me, you know? I wouldn't get so angry at my kids if that was really me. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't always be trying to seek the approval of other people uh, instead of, uh, of God if that was really me. And so I think that, that, that we have got to talk about how sin issues fit into this. Because it's real easy for us to like have a pep rally and be like, yeah, yeah, God's awesome, God's awesome. And we walk out and you get home on a Sunday night and all of a sudden like reality kind of starts to set in. Or, or what we think is reality, and you start to be like, yeah, man, I, I, wish that, I wish that I really believed that to the point where it changed my existence. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to back up a few steps, okay? Um, when, when we talk about sin, there's something that, that I think we, you know, we address from time to time, and I think it's worth coming back to, all right? When, when this was our situation, all right, and that sin was in us, um, and we were stranded and we were stuck over here, um, not only was it something that we couldn't do anything about, but the Bible says that we were enslaved to sin. You know, it wasn't just a, a condition of ours. It wasn't, it wasn't just, a, you know, something that was there and we kind of had to be aware of it. Um, scripture says we were enslaved to it. And so whatever, whatever sin told us to do, we had to do. I don't mean necessarily in an audible voice, you know, but just the, that, the fact that we were disconnected from God meant that, that even if we wanted to choose Him, we couldn't because sin had us held captive. And so there was this bondage that's over here too, you know. Dominion of darkness, it's not just, you know, dark and, you know, unchangeable I mean, we're, we're doing stuff we don't want to do over here. We're, we're out of control, uh, you know, like literally, like we have no control over our lives over here. And so when, when God rescues us from this, He um, um, saves us. We talk about being saved, you know, or uh, choose your term. When He saves us from this and He, he takes uh, us out, all right, and, and takes sin out of us, and we come over to this side, and Christ goes in us, 
and then so we go in Christ. Um, what stays the same? This, doesn't it? This is this is where the where our issues come from. It's it's with this. It's with the bowl. It's with this body. Because what is in us is different, and we're in Christ, and we're in God, and we're protected. But this is the problem. And we can't pretend like, the, like it doesn't exist. And Scripture deals with this. I ask you to turn to Romans chapter 7. It's the most confusing passage of Scripture for me. Mostly because of the wording. Like he's like, you have to like draw like a schematic or like a cartoon or something to figure out what he's saying. Cartoon would be for me. Um, I don't even know what a schematic is. I just heard it. Uh, Look at verse 15, Romans chapter 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. Okay? So he's going he's gonna to use some terminology we have to understand. When he's talking about flesh, he's talking about like our, our body, all right? The shell that we occupy for right now. Okay? And, and he's going to, what he's about to say, he's going to basically say, like, that's the problem. Okay? There's, like, there's like two, two things going on at one time, and it's just driving him crazy. All right? um, look at verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Okay? I don't know about you, but I read that, and I'm like, that, that is perfect for me. I have the desire to do what is right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. All right? And here's where this is going back to. I have the desire to do what is right. All right? Christ in you, all right, now puts that desire to do the right thing into us. That's why you can, you can look at anything in your life that you want to change, any sort of sin issue that you battle, and you can look at that and you can say, with everything I have, I want that to be eliminated from my life. I want that to be different. If I could, if I could have one wish, that would be it. To get rid of that habit or that just whatever. That's where that desire comes from. It comes from the Christ in you, the hope of glory, that hope of being like, oh, that could just... Get out of my life, and because of Christ in you, you have hope that that thing can be taken care of. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. There's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. All right? See, here's, there, there are two points tonight. Here's point number one. Point number one is this. There is a war going on within us. All the time, there's a war going on. We... We, um, we live, okay, I promise you I thought this through. I know I'm skipping around a lot. Um, think about two circles, all right? And I've had this up on the screen before. It's two circles, and one, one circle would be uh, the flesh, and one would be the spirit. What we like to think happened is that we lived over here, all right? And then when we came to know Christ, we accepted what he did on the cross, we repented of our sin, put our faith in what he did, and we were rescued that we went from this circle over here 
jumped over here to this circle over here. Now we live in the Spirit, and everything is perfect, and there's never any problems, and we never mess up, and there's just never, we never have any issues or whatever. When I was in seminary, uh, there was a professor that really helped, helped me understand it a lot, um, that we didn't jump from one circle to another circle. We went from being in this circle, separated from this circle, to now living in this space where these two circles overlap each other. And we live in the middle of that. And there's this war going on between us all the time. Between, um, where'd I go? Okay. Um, between the Christ in us and around us and all that kind of stuff and the flesh that we walk around in and that we live in. There's a war going on. See, the flesh, the flesh is completely self-serving, completely self-centered. It's only concerned with what's going to make us happy, what's going to make us cool, what's going to make us funny, what's going to make us popular, what's going to make us comfortable, what is, you know, whatever. It's, it's all about us. And let's say, let's say that you, uh, you accepted Christ, you were rescued from the situation, let's say when you were 15 years old, okay? So for 15 years, you lived in this domain of darkness, and you were rescued from that. Christ goes in you, and this becomes your reality. But you still are carrying around all that, all like everything from your old life. So that's why when you were 15, you didn't all of a sudden start to speak differently and act differently, and you wanted to go be a missionary, and you, you know, your whole life wasn't any different. When I was in, in school, I told a story before. We had this big like evangelistic push and this like, you know, it was kind of one of those like weird things where it's like, if you want your friends to get saved, you bring them to this youth rally. So we're like, oh, I'm bringing my friends. And, and my two friends I brought went down, they prayed the prayer and they, you know, got out of hell and everything was, was awesome. And we went to McDonald's afterwards and they were still talking the same and they were still like, they were still like the same people. I don't know if I expect them to have like halos now and like just want to sing songs about Jesus or what. I don't really know what I expected, but I was really, it just bothered me at the time that there wasn't this radical change in their lives. And there, that reflects a whole lot about where I came from and all that kind of stuff. But the, my point is this. Um, there's, what has changed on the inside doesn't always show up on the outside. And there's a war going on. Okay, So here's what, here's what happens. Um, you, you come to church, you go to community group, you open the Bible when you're at, you know, one day when you're alone at home or, or just whatever. Anything that's going on in the spiritual side of your life, you're focused on the truth, you're focused on who God is, all that kind of stuff. All these great things start happening. And some, some things are stirred in you and like spiritually you're just like, you're just really like, I connected with God. What happens to your flesh? Your flesh hates that. Because there's a war going on. There's a battle between your flesh and your spirit. And so that's why many times you'll leave um, some time of connection with God and not 30 minutes later, like, something goes, something happens, you know? Because there's a war, because your, our, our flesh naturally opposes the things of the Spirit. Because the things of the Spirit are always going to point us to God. Everything's God-centered, God-focused. It's all about Him. It's about His kingdom. It's about His purposes. It's about His glory. And our flesh hates that. And so there's, there's this, this tension that's always going on. And, and Paul, he keeps, keeps going, and he gets a little confusing, a little more confusing. Um, go verse 18 again. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. 
For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. All right? I think we've all been there. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And like he said a minute ago, when he said within me, he said that is my flesh. And that applies there too. All right? So there's this, there's this, um, there's like two things going on. And then he just nails it on the head, as always. Verse 21. So I find it to be a law that is, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? All right? He's talking about this battle that goes on. And have you ever been there that whenever God does something great, it's like evil is lying really, really close? We know why it's lying so close because you're wearing it. You know, you're wearing the problem. And, and there's, there's proof that there's this war going on. And I think one of the biggest problems that all of us have is that we act like there isn't a war happening. You know, we act like there's just, there's just no problem. We accept the fact that, that, you know, well, yeah, okay, there's inconsistency in our lives. And we're kind of back and forth and we kind of struggle with some issues. Instead of being like, no, 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 this is a war. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is a war that's going on. I mean, you can sense the frustration in his voice, you know? He's like, he's like, in my inner man, I delight in the law of God. That is what I want, but there's another war going on. There's something else happening. And he describes this situation as being wretched. And then what does he say in the next verse? Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And his immediate answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. With my flesh, I serve the law of sin. What Paul is doing is he's acknowledging the fact that there's tension there. He's not hiding it. He's not trying to pretend like he has, doesn't have any problems. He's saying this is difficult. Folks, we've, we've got to acknowledge the fact that there's a war going on within us. And every time we connect with the Lord in whatever way, the flesh is going to oppose that. It is going to happen. And so what, you know, what do we do? I mean, because we know that this is our reality, and so here we are, and I mean, that's, that's us, right? I mean, that's the, the real deal. So what do we do about it? We can, you know, for, okay, we can acknowledge that there's a war, okay, but that doesn't really help us to do a whole lot. Turn over to Colossians 3. See, what, what is potentially frustrating is the fact that there's a war going on. Okay, what is incredibly hopeful is that Christ in us means we know who's going to win. All right, and because Christ is in us, we know um, we know that victory is possible not only when we die. You know, I think there's there's a little bit of of 
that in all of us, or we're like, well, I mean, you know, one day like, I'll die and I'll go to heaven and this will all be fine. Or it's like, until then, I'm just going to do the best I can to make it through. It's like, well, that's not abundant life. <laughs> you know, Jesus didn't come so we could have mediocrity. Um, there's, there's this, there's just got to be more. Like, it's, when, when you look at this, that's got to bring hope, and that's got to kind of frustrate you that, that this old stuff still kind of has an effect on us. Like, we've got to want this to change us daily more and more and more and more. And during prayer tonight before, I, I just kept thinking about just the idea. It's almost like God's telling us, like, don't settle. You know, don't, don't settle for, for that. There's a war going on. You do something about it. And if, if the desires that we have are inside of us, like Scripture says, if Christ is in us, and everything we want, like that's really who we are, and that's really what we want, and everything is possible for that to, to break through and to change us, then why would we just sit back and get pushed around and pushed around and pushed around? And I, and I think this is, is part of the answer. Look at Colossians 3, sorry, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, there it is. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on things above. You know, there's, there's this thing I heard my whole life growing up, you know, and uh, you know, guy has two dogs, black dog and a white dog, and they're the same size and the same age, the same whatever. And uh, you know, someone says, "Hey, if they get in a fight, you know who wins?" He's like, "Whichever one I feed more." Absolutely true. Absolutely true. You bring that in. There's this. There's the the spirit circle. There's the flesh circle. We live in the overlap. It is absolutely 100% true. The point of that story. That when we are feeding our spirit, you see results in the area of the spirit. When we are feeding our flesh, you see results in the area of the flesh. It would be completely foolish of us if we were at war with another country for us to supply them with weapons. Right? Probably not a good tactic. Unless they're all made of like silly putty or something. I'm like, ha, we got you. It would be completely stupid to hook up the enemy to give them all of, our, all of our plans and all of our strategies and let them know when we're going to do what and all that. Our military goes to great, great, great lengths to make sure that nobody knows that stuff, all these, you know, all these codes and all this, all this secrecy and all this security to make sure that our enemies have no way of, of getting one up on us. But yet in the war that you and I face between the flesh and the spirit, I mean, aren't we guilty of doing that very thing? Aren't we guilty of feeding our flesh? I know, I know that I am. And I'm not judging you and saying I know that you are too, but I would, I would imagine that some of you are probably in the same boat. And you see a dramatic difference in the times in your life where you are doing like it says, when you're setting your minds on things that are above and not things that are on earth. When you're seeking out the things of the Lord and that's where you're camping and that's what you're striving for and you're like, I'm going to abide in Christ and you are, that is the pursuit of your life and you know what happens? The flesh, it, it, it can't overcome that. That's a lopsided war. 
We've all been in those situations, and you're just like, I feel so connected and alive. And we've been on the other side, too, where, where we're feeding our flesh, and we're looking at stuff we shouldn't look at, and we're listening to stuff we shouldn't listen to, and we're going places that we shouldn't go. We're chasing thoughts that we know we shouldn't chase. And we're listening to the wrong voices. And we're disconnecting from the church. And we drift and we just, we just feed all that stuff. And then we get really, really down because we feel like, we feel like we've gone back to this separation. It's not reality, but, we, but you feel that way. So I think if there's a war going on in us, like Scripture says, I think Scripture also tells us how to fight it. And I think that's a part of what Paul is saying. You set your mind on things above. And I'm so thankful that, that I grew up in church because they instilled in me um, the, the importance of being in the Word and in prayer. Maybe it was done a little bit legalistically. Maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe it became a rule or whatever. But regardless, I'm so glad that that I have those roots. And in the times where, where like war's going on and, and the flesh side is winning, you know what the Christ in me is saying? Open up the Bible. Turn off the television. Call somebody who you trust is going to tell you the truth. Don't walk in this by yourself. That's where Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, that, that's what's awesome about God is that He's described in the Bible as a warrior. He's not Mr. Rogers. You know? He's not soft and like weak and whatever. Like Jesus was a carpenter. He was a dude. Uh, as Mark Driscoll says, Jesus was a dude. He was hardcore. God described Himself as a warrior, as a fighter. And so as this war is going on and, and our flesh just... It just engages and just opposes everything that he does. God doesn't sit back and like shrug his shoulders and I wish I could help. He's a fighter too. I struggle, to, I struggle with that sometimes and seeing him that way. But that dude will fight for you. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Point number one, there's a war going on. Point number two is this, and it, it connects. It's a you are not who you used to be. I know that sounds simple, but it's really important considering that there's a war going on. All right, let's just keep reading. Look at verse 5 in chapter 3 of Colossians. It says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And check this out. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Okay, that would be this over here. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its whoa. Seeing that that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, 
which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. That last part levels the playing field. There's nobody, no matter how holy or special you think someone is, everybody's on the same level. Christ is, is all and in all. Listen to, like you see his, his language there. Um, you put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So you are not who you used to be. And this is simply what that boils down to. When we're here and we, there's Christ in us and we've got this flesh and there's that battle going on, Remember, what is inside of you determines who you are, and Christ in you determines your identity. And so in those times when the battle's going on, and the flesh side wins, and we get caught up in sin, and we're messing up, and we're doing the things that we don't want to do, and we have the desire to do right, but not the ability to carry it out, and we're just in this frustrating situation, sin is not who you are. Even if outwardly that's what it looks like, it's what inside, is inside of you that determines that. That gas can that I have at my house, you walk up, if someone were to, someone stole my gas cans, by the way, um, before Gustav, and so this illustration really hurts me deeply. But let's say someone were to go to my house and try to take my gas, all right? Let's say that they got, saw my gas cans there and they were also thirsty and they are like, oh, water. Um, they would see a blue water can there and they would be greatly disappointed with what was inside of it because on the outside, it still looks like a water can, doesn't it? On the outside of us, we still kind of look the same. But we are not the same. So, in those times when, like, let's, let's say that, that selfishness is the thing that we're battling, um, we, are, we are not selfish. We are saints who are acting selfishly. We are acting in a way that is contrary to who we really are. There's a, a, a complete difference. If, some, if someone decides in a couple of weeks that they're going to be Hannah Montana for uh, Halloween and they put on everything just like her and they, they imitate her voice, angelic as it is, and uh, they dress just like her and they completely imitate her or whatever and they go around the neighborhood and they trick or treat and everybody's like, I really think it might be her. I'm so convinced or whatever. Um, guess what happens the next day? It's the same, it's the same kid. When you and I are struggling with, with sin, it's just like putting on a Halloween costume. We're, we're pretending to be something that we're not. We're acting in a way that's contrary to who we are. And so in the midst of a battle, we, you and I, we cannot believe the lie, the sins and the struggles we, that we fight begin to define us. We have to look at that and we have to say, I cannot believe that as a saint, that as as Christ dwells in me, that that is something that is winning in my life. I, I cannot believe that. And I want to fight that with every bit of strength that I have. Because that is not me. Too many believers walk around and just, just accept the fact that, well, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm a guy, so I guess this is you know, some of the things that guys struggle with, or I'm a female, and this is what some of the things struggle with, or I'm a college student, this is what some of the things we struggle with, or just keep going however you want. And that is just bull. 
But we believe it, don't we? I mean, we, without even realizing it, we let those things completely shape who we are and our understanding of reality. And so, one, we have to understand there's a war going on. And he's given us a way to fight it. But two, we have to recognize that that is not us. That is the old self. And every single day, we've got to consciously make sure that we know that that has been crucified, that that died with Jesus on the cross, and that this is life. And so that's how sin fits into our identity. It's got to be something that we hate. Because it's not us. And we can't settle. We just, we just, we cannot settle. And so while we're at war, and while we're fighting, and while God is fighting for us, and while we fight together, let me, uh, let me close by reading this in Philippians 4. You don't have to turn there. Let me just read it to you. It kind of says a similar thing. Because finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We have to live life like warriors, and warriors use the truth. That's why we rehash the same stuff over and over. That's why we drag the boxes out over and over. That's why some of these songs are very intentional that we're bringing in front of us because we want to be focused at the truth. I want you going home singing that song in the back of your head. Um, I'm not the one I used to be. I'm not the one I used to be. I want it to haunt you at work. You know, I want it to haunt me everywhere that I go. You know, I, I, I want these things to, to be a part of our lives so that we're constantly setting our minds on things above. We're constantly looking at what is pure and what is true, and what is honorable, and what is holy, and we're, that's the way that we're fighting. Because what it says in Colossians is that this is being renewed in the image of our Creator every day. And here is a part of what the hope of glory is for us. You may, it might be a lopsided war on this side of the battle for you right now. The more we fight, the more we fight, the more we fight, it swings the other direction. And the longer we walk with Him and the more we are renewed in His image, the less these things are a factor. It's weird. And so then the flesh starts to look for all these other things and the enemy comes in. There's all this stuff. And there's always this war going on. But if we can be disciplined and be a, like aggressive about this and just refuse to settle, then basically everything over here is just going to get so frustrated and tired of losing all the time because that's the design of God. I don't know where this fits into your life. That's between you and him. And, um, but, but I think anytime we talk about sin, you know exactly where it fits in. Not one you have to take back and let me evaluate. I'm pretty sure that already you're sitting there thinking, oh, okay, I know, I know, uh, yeah, okay, gotcha. Let's just pray that God will continue this process in us. Let me, let's pray together. Father, um, as always, we thank you for all that you have done for us, and um, we're just we're humbled by your presence. We're continually amazed with the, the 
the things that you have for us and the things you have done for us. God, you know exactly where every one of us in this room um, is on our journey. You know the things we battle with. You know how long we fought it. You know the solutions. And you know the ultimate solution, which is you. And so, Father, we just look to you tonight. We set our minds on the things of you and not of ourselves. We need you. There's not a second that we don't need you. God, we want to live like there's a war going on. We don't want to supply our flesh or any other factor with with any kind of ammunition or um, any anything that could bring success that way. So God, if, if there's something in our lives that we are doing and that is feeding that side of us, God, we want to stop. You know that we want to stop because you're the one in us that is giving us those desires. change comes from you're the you're always the one who wins and we do not want to settle at all